You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Coming at you. One of many basements we've come from. Really? In our seedy <laughs> underbelly. Yeah, I didn't even think about no, that. We've recorded from like three different basements, at haven't least, we? At least three different basements. Yeah. This one. Andrew's, the, Andrew's parents old, other house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my brother's house. Yeah. Any other basements? I don't think so. I guess we. you didn't have a basement. No. No. Does the radio station count as a basement? Uh, maybe if we recorded in the bomb shelter there, but <laughs> since we were in a studio, I'd say I think say a basement not. has to be underground. Yeah. I thought it just had to be below the rest of the building. I think it has to be underground. You could have a daylight basement. Well, there's a little bit of daylight in this basement. That's true. But I feel like we're completely underground. That's what it feels like. Yeah. In the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so Speaking this is this basements. is basements yes. brought to you by Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. I'm we Justin d- Domashevitz. No relation. What's the A stand for? We did not tell our sponsors that we were shifting the topic of our podcast from sports to basements. Yeah. You know, we should have done that before our teams have climbed out of the basement. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you, this you would make sense if this was like a mid 2000s Mariners podcast. Yeah. You should probably introduce yourself. Oh, and, I guess. And someone should introduce our producer. I'm Danny Basements. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Basements here with Justin Domashevitz and Andrew Gross, our trusty producer. We couldn't do our normal live show this week without going into too much detail. Daniel and I both had a family medical emergency, separate ones, <laughs> uh, within about 24 hours of each other, Yep. which has led us to, because we're so dedicated, it's led us to still get together and do this how we could, but we couldn't do it normal, so we're here now in a basement bringing <laughs> the show to you, not live. Not live, but right on time. Wait. Very dead. Yeah, <laughs> dead, and we're buried. Technically, we're underground, so dead and buried. This is a dead and buried episode. But let's get it going with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to ref. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet Buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Your North Carolina Tar Heels have been largely disappointing this year, Justin. But they did get a win yesterday. How are you feeling about this team? Did you just in? nod? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking because yesterday is Saturday, but by the time this episode comes out, it'll right. be Monday, so then the win will have been two days ago. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so it's Saturday. I should have put days on all the questions now. Whoops. Anyway, Saturday, they got to win. Are you feeling better about the team in the new year? Well, I'm not feeling particularly good about the fact that North Carolina's men's team beat Louisville by a lot because Louisville has two wins on the season. However, my North Carolina Tar Heels women's team has beaten two ranked opponents in the last seven days, including number four Notre Dame last Sunday and number 11 NC State on this Sunday, which is yesterday if you're listening to this on Monday, or if it's later in the week, it was the previous Sunday from when you listened to it. I was hoping you were going to say they beat Louisville because then they would have beat Haley Van Lith. No. I'll be keeping an eye on that game, though. (laughs) The Seahawks fell to the Niners and were eliminated from the playoffs. Daniel, 
Were you surprised by the final score, which was bad? It was bad. And no, I wasn't surprised. Except for I was surprised. Because after the first half, I was surprised. So no, but yes. And then I was like, well, maybe. And then the second half happened, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> that was surprising. <laughs> so going into the game, that's what I expected. You wrote this question. Yeah, as I do, it'd be surprising. <laughs> the LA Chargers Falcon punched. Oh no, Falconed. Oh, I see what you did there. They Falconed <laughs> against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a super wild card matchup on Saturday. Justin, how embarrassed should former Oregon Duck Justin Herbert be? I think. I mean, obviously, it's a team game. Quarterbacks take a lot of the heat. Justin Herbert. Played on a team in which for most of the first half, they tried to give you the game. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence threw four picks, and Jacksonville lost the ball when they were about to receive a punt, and the punt hit one of their players in the head when he wasn't looking. <laughs> they tried so hard to be like, no, we don't want to go to the second round. Yeah. Please, Justin Herbert, take this. Yet he kept missing throws and missing throws and missing throws. He didn't have a good game. Sounds like he had a bad Embarrassed. game. Embarrassed. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> Bad Herbert. <laughs> Daniel, you have finally succumbed to peer pressure and are watching Ted Lasso. Has it lived up to the hype? Hmm. Trying to think of the best way to describe this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what sucks? Well, I started I... watching Ted Lasso, and first I was like, hmm. And then I watched a little bit more, and I was like, oh. And then I watched a little longer, and I was like, yeah. So you know what's sad is I also wrote that question. But then as you were reading it, I was like, the only good way to answer this question is with a Ted Lasso quote. And then I couldn't think of one. I'm so sorry just to our listeners. We we did just so little preparation for today's Don't show. Don't tell them that. They would have no idea. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso is awesome. I love it so much. Uh, it, I you know how much I hate Apple and all their products. Yeah. I actually have subscribed because my sister's subscription ran out last oh, night. Oh, you've gone <laughs> to so the dark side. I subscribed. That's why. And yeah, well, I'm currently on a seven-day free trial, so I'm hoping I can finish the show before then, and I probably will be able to this weekend, so then I can just cancel it. But by the way, Apple TV, as much as I hate Apple, their streaming service is like half as much as yeah, the other streaming. Yeah, it's like streamers. $4.99? $6.99. $6.99. I think mine's yeah. $4.99. Because you have Probably because I have an iPhone. Yeah. But I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Why is Netflix so dang expensive? But you know why they do this? Like, you know, Hulu did it too. All of these services, like, they get you with this low entry price. Yeah. And they even tell you, like, when I had Hulu at first, they tell you, hey... In nine months, our price is going up to this. So they lure you in with the low rate, and then once they're established, they crank it up because that's when they start paying for all of their original stuff. Just luring people in. Yeah. Like creeps. Like, yeah, creeps with candy and vans. Yeah. Well, I mean, they didn't want your money, Daniel. You had to get, 
didn't you have to get it with support to? Uh, yeah, it's true. Know? Yeah, that's true. They didn't want to take my money. I had. I was so I motivated. I was so motivated to watch Ted Lasso yeah. that not only did I sign up for the subscription to do yeah. it, but I had to fight with them so they would not take my money on the free seven day trial. You know what that actually was? What did they try to convince you to buy an iPhone? No. They're like, hey, if you want <laughs> Apple TV Plus, you have to have an Apple product. And so you can get it, but we're going to make it so it doesn't work very well. Yeah. <laughs> Until you get an iPhone, then it'll work great. That's, I did feel like that might be coming, but then it didn't. That's what Apple do, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Is that why you have an iPhone? Uh, well, actually, <laughs> to be honest, the real reason I have an iPhone is because everyone in my life, in my family, had an iPhone, and it's just easier. Yeah. You know, you can do, I can have parental controls on my kids' phones that are super easy. I don't know how to use them, but Angel does. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, you do know that all easy. the other phones have these things, But right? I think I do. <laughs> well, like the, like, the airdrop and stuff, like, you can do this with all the other things, but with the Apple, like, I had an Android forever. Yeah. And it's, like, a lot of this stuff you is can, so much easier iPhone to iPhone. Oh, yeah. Than it is trying to communicate between. Yeah, so ones. either all of your stuff has to be Apple. Yeah. Or none of it does. Right. Because. And I was the outlier. And so, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense that you would succumb and get an Apple because they will make you feel like you are a second class citizen. The other thing I like about it, if, if I'm going to just take one moment to just be honest with myself, because okay. I was an Android person. I was so anti-Apple for so long. Yeah. I used to spend so much time customizing my Android phone and using widgets and getting my home screen exactly how I like it. Yep. And I kind of like not having to do that. Like You like people to tell you how you're going to live so you don't have to make any decisions for yourself. I, and you know what? Since I that haven't had an Android for <laughs> I haven't had an Android for a few years now, maybe they've made it easier to navigate the phone than it was before. But like if there's an app and I don't feel like scrolling through the screens to find it. I just hit search and type it in, and boom, it's right there. I think Android started that. Yeah. and I'm pretty sure Android started that. 95% sure that that was an Android feature. I don't think so. Like it's really always, early on. That has pretty always sure been a thing in okay. Android. I've always been able to do that. Yeah. I just never have because I know the, where my apps yeah. are. If there's something <laughs> technology related, who's going to know it better, Andrew or me? Probably you. Yeah, Exactly. Game, set, match, <laughs> iPhone. You know, the thing I also don't understand is it's alphabetized. How do you yeah. never not know how to find an app? Oh, well, nice double I negative, Daniel. Daniel. Never not. Nice double negative, Daniel. Daniel. You lose the argument now. You might as well have brought up Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Daniel, sometimes I forget what color it is, okay? What color what is? The app. The app. Oh. The app icon. Is oh, that not how we you guys find your apps? By the way, we need an <laughs> app. We need an app. Somebody should make one for us. <laughs> we don't have the time or the money to do that. Yeah. Anyway, Ted Lasso is a really good show. <laughs> we should move on. You want to move so. on to my favorite part of the show? Yeah. Serving yeah. questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump. Daniel. This is going to hurt a little bit. Uh-oh. I have some sea hockey stats. Okay. Are a they couple from of this them, year? Because I don't think Daniel knows did, anything from A couple this of year. them I'm just going to give you, and a couple of them I'm going to ask you. Really quick. Yeah. Did Trevor Lawrence pull off the uh, oh gosh, germane curse of the quarterback position the other day? <laughs> Throw Where he, like, 
just miserable, terrible, and then wins the game at the end. I didn't watch the whole game. I would. I didn't watch any of the. I game. would say that I watched the first interception and the second interception. And apparently, the f- he threw three to the same guy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he threw four in the first half. <laughs> and he Insane. played with the guy in college or something. He threw four picks. So I took a screenshot of his stat line at one point because I was trying to text it to my boys to be like, "Can you believe how bad he's playing?" Mm-hmm. He was something like four for sixteen with thirty yards, no touchdowns, and four interceptions. That was how he started the game. The first interception was tipped by two people and then picked off by a linebacker. <laughs> Um, it was tipped by someone at the line, then another person, and then and I was like, ah, that's kind of fluky. Like yeah, that stuff yeah. happens. And then the next one, it looked like he was trying to throw it to re- to a receiver who should have been coming back to the ball, but that receiver got tangled up with a defensive back, and maybe the guy kind of grabbed him a little bit, and then the defensive back just like <laughs> stepped to the left, and then boom, the ball was right in his chest. Okay. So th- both of those, I kind of thought like maybe right. if things had gone the way they were supposed to. Okay. So I think that like. That Usually, if things go the way they're supposed <laughs> to, an interception doesn't happen. Justin. Yeah, that's a good point. That's iPhone versus Android. Uh, but I, I felt like, okay, the Jags were not intended to win this game. It was 27 to nothing in the first half. And that was despite the fact that Herbert wasn't really playing that well. So that's crazy. I really honestly felt like, all right, this game's over. I sort of stopped paying attention. And then we were having like family game night. Yeah. But I had the TV on on mute with the game behind me. Yeah. And at one point, so my it's behind my back, and my younger teen son like elbows me in the ribs, and he's like, "Dad, look, the Jaguars cut it to a two point lead." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then so we're trying to play our Family Feud game. That was yeah. like my experience of watching the the Oregon Civil War. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we're trying to play our like exactly. family feud game while also like trying to keep an eye on what's happening and watching Jacksonville complete that comeback. Yep. Pretty crazy. Nuts. All right. Anyway. Um, I got a few things. I want to just give a couple stats that okay. I think are interesting, and then I'm going to ask you two questions. Got All it. Right? So first off, I wanted to say that th- on Saturday, it was the first time that four quarterbacks were making their playoff debut. All four quarterbacks were making their playoff debut on the same day. Geno Smith, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy, none had started a playoff game before. One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) One of those guys is old. (laughs) There's a couple directions that could have gone. Yep, I know. That's why I clarified clarified (laughs) after I said it. I was like, oh, yeah. And did you know, Daniel, <laughs> that in the Pete Carroll era, the Seahawks were a perfect 6-0 and in the postseason when leading at halftime until wow. Saturday. Wow. When they led by one point at halftime and then got their booties kicked. Bad. Okay, here's where the two questions bad, bad, come bad. in. Brock Purdy. Yes, he's Purdy. Is the first player <laughs> with multiple passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown in his playoff debut since 2012. Who was the player in 2012 who debuted? Whoa. I wonder who this could be. With multiple passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. In the playoffs, right? In the playoffs. It could be one of... Oh, gosh. I was going to say, it, I think it could be some some others. Well, there's a couple other rookie quarterbacks yeah. that year. That ran a lot. It's got to be Russell Wilson. It's got to be. Ooh, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> the correct answer is fellow 49er Colin Kaepernick. In 2012, made his playoff debut 
threw multiple passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Ran he wasn't a rookie. Circles around. He wasn't a rookie. He was just making his playoff debut. Right. <laughs> he was his second year guy. I translated that to rookies, and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure that Robert Griffin III and Andrew Luck didn't do that. Well, I forgot bigger, about that. How much earlier was Cam Newton? Because Cam Newton, I think, was a couple just years. before that. Yeah. Three or, like okay. two or three years, yeah. That's, Daniel. Yeah. Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> the first. By the way, somebody tweeted out a video of Brock Purdy making like a play that both Mahomes and Russell Wilson would make look like was crappy. And they were like, Purdy's the GOAT. And I was like, for that? <laughs> I mean, what? He's pretty good. He's, he's pretty good. Brock Purdy. Let's see what you did. Justin did it. Is and the then first I it. rookie quarterback to win a playoff start since 2012. Who was the rookie quarterback who won a playoff start in 2012? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is correct. <laughs> Winning a playoff start at Washington. At Washington. Very good, Daniel. You were one for two. And this concludes this and edition of Stump Daniel, which is brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashev. It's no relation. That was the game where Robert Griffin III broke his like his knee. When, when he did the stanky leg. Yeah. And, and then people made fun of him for that horrible injury yeah. that he obtained. Yeah. And, it was, and he tried to play through it. Yeah. And that field was gross. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to break this show. We're doing one pod today. We have no pod. We're going to talk Kraken, <laughs> Seahawks, Mariners. And we are also going to talk a couple of high school basketball games, and we're going to name an Ole Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. We've got a few really good candidates this week. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we jump into some hockey talk, let's take a quick commercial break. It's going to take me a second. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm working, with, hockey a touch, talk. I'm working with a touchpad talk. over here. Is that kind of like honky talk? There well, we go. Yeah. Or honky tonk. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 plus. years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z. L-A-W dot com. That legitimately scared me. <laughs> Andrew jumped a little bit. You I was jumped like, out of your skin. Ah, In 30 case plus! People didn't catch it. Uh, 30 plus years of experience for uh, Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, and that commercial is old, and I need to re-record it. Our other commercials Do old, you though? too. I, mean, I could I just keep shouting well. 30 plus yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah that works then you well. can, we should start upcharging him for a live read. <laughs> <laughs> We could just send him an invoice, and I wonder if yeah. he'd even notice. Exactly. Like, just pay it. Exactly. <laughs> we should, should we do that with both of our sponsors? Yeah, let's, let's say we raised our prices in 2023. Just see what happens. See Supply what, chain. Infl- yeah. It was hyperinflation. Inflation. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. How about them crackheads? I mean, Kraken. Daniel, we're the crackheads. We're the crackheads. They're the Kraken. They're the Kraken, right. Andrew is appropriately they play wearing the crack house. a Kraken shirt. <laughs> Uh, the Kraken just finished off a perfect 7-0 and road trip. Or you could call it the Krankenhaus, oh which is hospital in German. <laughs> Look at Daniel <laughs> bringing some knowledge to the table. Oh, 999. <laughs> oh. The Kraken, <laughs> according to our show sheet, just finished off a perfect 7-0 and road trip, making history as the only yes. undefeated road trip of that length 
ever what? in NHL history, and they are currently on a franchise record eight-game winning streak. And I would like <laughs> to add, yesterday, I screenshotted the score of the game, and I sent it to you guys because I was like, is this right? <laughs> Did the Kraken really score six goals in the – the first period wasn't even over yet. That's bonkers. And they had six goals, and I was like – is this a game score? Because in the and the time is just wrong on there. Because <laughs> yeah. six goals is a lot for a whole game. Yeah, that's nuts. It's crazy, and that that's what a lot of their scores have been looking like recently. Like I'll get the updates on my phone, and it'll be like crack and win eight to one, and I'm like, wait, they're a hockey team, right? They're playing these hockey. Aren't, these aren't hockey scores. Yeah, I don't know what scores would be in that range. Now that Mar- base, baseball games. Yeah, if you're if you're like a I think baseball Astros and hockey fan. scores are kind of similar, aren't they? Yeah, except, except for you, you don't get I, hockey into the twenties. <laughs> that'd be occasionally bad. you get a baseball game way up there in the high yeah, teens. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like scoring is a little bit more prevalent in baseball. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this winning streak on the road is they also handed the Boston Bruins a loss. It was only their fifth loss of the season, and it was their first home loss of the year. It was their as well. first home. Uh, regulation loss, I believe. Oh, did they have an overtime I, loss? The, I. I, I heard several times where that, that was specified. specifying regulation, okay. so I assumed that they had. Either way, Boston's well. really good. Oh, my son! I just got a text. My son's awake. Oh, good. Grandpa's on his way to get him though, okay, so we're okay. we're good. Okay, good, good cool. news. Well, yeah. I don't know much about <laughs> hockey, and I haven't really been following the Kraken super closely, but I do have a coworker that was very excited the other day to tell me that they were going to a Kraken game oh, nice. and showed me, "Hey, look, here's the jersey that I got," and I was like, "Oh, that's my favorite player." And they were like, oh, really? That's cool. And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, Brandon Tanev's the only player I know. <laughs> so, yeah, he's my favorite player. Is that the jersey that I have, yeah. too? It is, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I'm pretty sure I have a Tanev jersey. Yeah, it's our number. It's awesome. It is. And, yeah, he's my favorite, too. And he's playing. I can't wait I think he's playing to go to well. a game. Because everybody you talk to about hockey is live is so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's an experience you will never forget going to a hockey game live. So I cannot wait to get to one. Life doesn't seem to be sending me that direction this year. So maybe next year I'll be able to go to a game. I mean, we say that, but then it's probably not going to happen. Someday. (laughs) Someday. We should try to get a credential and just go for free. Maddie Beneers apparently turning out to be everything we thought, hoped, and wished he would be. And their top draft pick... This last year, who kind of fell a little bit because they thought that there might be some attitude problems. Apparently, that's working okay now. He was able to go back down for a little bit of time on like a – I can't remember. it. They did it in a way – They Weird hockey rules. Yeah. They couldn't – They apparently you can't just send somebody down to let them play in the lower league. You have to have it be like a rehab type thing or a – so you injure him and then send him down. Well, apparently, if you don't play him long enough, then you can put him on a what's the word? It's called like a um, not cardio when you're bad at cardio and you need your team needs like to a rebuilding. Yeah, but idea. oh my gosh, why about. am I not thinking of this word? When but yeah, so they basically they just didn't play him for a period what, of what time. What are you doing when you're making your teams run so they can get in shape? Why am I forgetting this word? You guys are conditioning. Guys, conditioning. Oh. Yes, it is a conditioning like rehab assignment. You, Gosh. you were really looking at me like oh it was my. my fault that you couldn't remember that word. <laughs> Not that I couldn't remember, but you guys were both looking at me like the word didn't exist. And I was like, we've all played sports. 
We've done this. Do yeah, I look I like do I've done conditioning? conditioning. <laughs> oh, my. oh my! The closest gosh. I get to conditioning is the conditioner I put in my beard. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully that makes it nice and soft. Anyway, I'm gonna drop the rest of that because I obviously don't know hockey. Okay, so. so let's move on to the Seahawks. Then. Yes. I don't know football either. No, just kidding. <laughs> what What was your so? I think when you have a team that exceeds expectations so much on the season, it can be easy at this point instead of doing a wrap up of that game, it's easy to jump straight to the season post mortem which would be extremely positive. But can we spend a little bit of time on how bad that game was mm-hmm. before we jump to how oh, great this so season was? That's interesting. You thought it was a bad game? They got I demolished. I expected them to get demolished Absolutely. like the second half the whole time. I know. So but after the game, I and at halftime, I thought it was incredible that they had lasted a half. The first I half was great. I still think it's incredible that they lasted a half. And hell, and we're we're but in the you were lead expecting them to get demolished that way the whole game. Yes. So what you expe- expected the final score to be sixty to seven? I expected the final score to be upper thirties to single digits. Well, it was forties to what twenty something? Yeah, it was like so forty one. But you just said that. More. But you just ex- you just said that you expected it to be the second half the whole game, which would have resulted in it being like sixty to seven. Well, except that then you see start it running, still resulted you start the running same. and score less when you're way ahead. So yeah, but the way the Niners were running. That- that wasn't going to lead to them scoring less. <laughs> That's a fair point. That was going to lead to more points. That's a fair point. I'm just saying that, like, my overall expectation get, for the game was that it was going to look awful. The whole game. The whole game. And it, and only it turned looked out awful that they the played a really good first half. They did. But it was still an awful game. It's funny to, th- eh. to say that they played a really good first half and they were only up by one. Yeah. Yeah. And not only did they play a really good first half, but the Niners kind of gifted them that oh, yeah. whole like that field goal, the field at, the goal end. at the end. They're like, hey, we're gonna not kick it off very far. Then we're gonna let Gino run and then we're gonna pick up a fifteen yard penalty to give you guys a field goal attempt. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I it get felt, what you're the saying. First it half exceeded, felt like everything was going right. Yes. The entire game, I can agree with you, exceeded expectations, but it was still a bad game. Fair. I guess I expected it to be it, an even worse game. Gotcha. I guess I, if I'm, I'm looking at it like the overall margin of victory is right about where I expected it to be. Right. So it's just the fact that they lured us into a false sense of hope with that first half. <laughs> right? But, that's fair. And but that's those, why those of us who are honest with ourselves, we're waiting thus, for the unraveling point, really. And thus my two-minute drill question. Yeah. I was surprised and then surprised. <laughs> and it, was, it was just surprising. <laughs> so many surprises. <laughs> It was one of the best answers ever. Like, if we ever did, like, a reel of here's all the greatest two-minute drill question and answers of all time, that's on there. That was a good one. Um, I mean, I did absolutely shift straight to post-mortem, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Because, like, you know, first half, they give us that kind of false hope, and then the second half, I was like, I, I guess I experienced it more like Andrew. I was like, this is kind of what I expected this game to be. Right. Not 60 to 9. But, you know, I, I was bracing myself for something like 34 to 12, 13, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Okay. So, yeah, I was ready for that. Um, I think Gino's fumble being a pivot point was really disappointing because it felt like I, w- I was already feeling like Gino 
trying to figure out how to word this because people will come at you if you say anything bad about Gino. Really? I know his stat line was pretty good. It was okay. I didn't think he was playing great. I thought his first half was really good. Well, yeah. The first half was incredibly good. I don't, it wasn't. I don't think that it was that he was making exceptionally amazing plays, yeah. but he, he was, was just, playing perfectly. He was just playing yeah. good, which yeah. is Gino at his best. That fumble Efficient. was at a really horrible time. Yes. And it ended up being a, the, the pivotal moment in the game. He also threw – did he end up with just one pick? Yeah. The pick was bad. It wasn't good. Yeah. He was just pressing too hard, like trying too hard to make too many things happen in one play, and he just threw it. He just made a terrible read and a bad throw. Yep. So I, I, I guess then it really – I looked at a CBS article about all of the potential free agent quarterbacks this offseason. There are more guys on the market than normal. Hmm. There are some of them that – like Lamar Jackson's one of them, and he may end up very well just signing back with the Ravens. Um, but without going through the whole list, you know, Gardner Minshew – is a free agent, wouldn't even have to trade anything for him. You just have to sign him. <laughs> but I, I guess, I don't know. Like, it is really interesting to think about the quarterback discussion going forward. And not only because it's not even just a, is Geno Smith good enough? It's a, you don't have anybody because yeah. Geno Smith is not signed. So yeah. you don't have a quarterback for next year. You well, can get anyone you want. Is Drew Locke a, a free agent? I'm not saying this to troll. They might have Drew Locke. He might be in the last year of his rookie deal next year. Right. So, and again, yeah. I do not think that they should, but they were acting mm-hmm. like it was a yeah. real competition and that Gino won that battle. What feels... And I am kind of prepared for them yeah. to be like, oh, well, you know, we're really happy that we have Drew Locke and we're going to let Gino test the market and we're Ugh. all going to be going... What are you doing? Yeah. Well, the nice thing about that is if Gino tests the market and it's a kind of flooded market as it is, he probably wouldn't find anything anywhere near what the Seahawks would be willing to give him, right? Probably true, especially since Pete seems to love him so much. Yeah. Um, but he is one of the, I mean, statistically, he is one of the guys who'd be like one of the top three or four. Of this year. Of this year. Yeah, but he's still got that, I feel like, stigma from being what he was before. <laughs> yeah. That I don't find any, I don't find many GMs going, hot dang, did you know that Geno Smith's now one of the best three quarterbacks in the league? Yeah. We can get him on the cheap. They're going to be like, no, we're going to draft somebody. Well, also, they might be like, well, you know, the last quarterback that left Seattle to play somewhere else did really well. I, like, I think that anybody... I love the voices that you guys are doing. <laughs> GM voices are good. Well, hot dang! <laughs> Andrew's and Andrew's wild. is kind of like this. I don't think. I don't. Well, think you know, I think we'll give Gino a shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, Zach that, that might. <laughs> that might happen. What I don't think will happen is somebody going. He's incredible. We yeah. have to pay him top. It, exactly. Top money. Yeah. I do think he's been really good. I I kind of suspect that when he tests the market, he's going to experience people underestimating how good he is based on the fact that he was playing hmm. in Seattle with Pete Carroll and the very recent evidence that maybe that helps a quarterback play well. Hmm. And sense. honestly, I don't think that has – I think that there's a lot more going on with Russell – 
I don't think that it's just as simple as, oh, Pete made him look good and he's not actually that good. Yeah. I think that I think it's a lot more complicated than that, but I feel like that's a thought process that is going to be influential. I could see that. The Giants There's are beating the Vikings right now, 31 to 24 with five minutes left, and they have the ball. Wow. Didn't see that. This has been a surprisingly good wild card weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That Dolphins Bills game ended up being really <laughs> yeah. good in the end. Although, and then really bad at yeah. the end. I didn't get to watch the I very had, end of it. I had flashbacks to Seahawks games where they just could not get the call in on time. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I did see that. The fourth? Dolphins had a fourth and one at around midfield with a couple minutes left, and they got a delay of game penalty. Oh, my god! Which made it a fourth and six. With no timeouts. Yeah. No timeouts, fourth and a foot to keep the game alive with, like, two minutes left. Instant penalty. And it wasn't close. It was like, it wasn't like, oh, they snapped it a quarter second late. It was like, one, zero. (laughs) Asking for the ball. Asking for the ball. The ball gets snapped. Yeah. So you should probably say that out yeah, loud. Yeah, I realized I wasn't on video. Yeah. It's, it was probably <laughs> like, you know, Mike McDaniel is that like quirky hipster coach. Yeah. And he never a, seems mad. Yeah. That was the first time I remember seeing them pan to him on the sidelines and he looked really angry. <laughs> like fuming. The Seahawks have more decisions to make than just the quarterback position, though. And they have a lot of capital to make some of these decisions. It's going to be a really, really interesting offseason. It yeah. is. Uh, because, personally, I think they should sign Geno to a year or two. Draft if draft a quarterback if you love somebody and it's not in the first round. And then you have Kenneth Walker, who's awesome. Do you bring back Rashad Penny? If you can, I'd like to see him. I mean, I'd like you have to too, think he's not going to be expensive, would, though. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, but since he's so injured all the time, you would also have to have a contingency plan outside of him. That's true, right? Is that DJ Dallas? Are you happy with the mm. Kenneth Walker DJ yeah. Dallas tandem that we saw towards the end of the year? I think the Seahawks have kind of proven they need like at least four running backs at all Seriously. times. Right? At all yeah. times, yeah. it's crazy. They also need I pray offensive line. They, they need an offensive line? They need interior offensive line, and they need defensive line. I thought and the offensive linebacker. line did pretty darn good this year. The interior offensive line was Wait. not great. Okay, Their center that, was better than they've had the, in ever since Unger left. That's probably true. Blythe was really good compared to the, the stuff they've had recently. You know I'm terrible at actually myself evaluating offensive line play. Yeah, but you're hearing this My, from other what people. What I'm hearing is that the that, what was the it? tackles Damian were incredible. Lewis, Are, Damian Lewis, Damian Lewis, and who's the other guard? Speaking of Lewis, yeah. How about three downfield ineligible downfield Seriously, penalties? What are you doing? All right, to those first two though. No, like, I'm not saying they. I'm I only saying saw the how last about one. that happening. Yeah. I only saw the last one where it was like. There was a guy running away from him, and he ran after him to block him. And I'm like, and that wasn't the that was the, do you that do, was the do third. You not, do you not know this rule? Like, what the heck? Or, I think that the thing do is you, they don't they don't call that. They're not stingy with that rule. But there was another like you don't see it that often yeah, during the regular yeah. season. On the same day in the next game, there was another offensive lineman down illegal man downfield call to the point where you like you wonder 
did the referees get instruction that, hey, we really need to pay attention to this and crack down on it in the playoffs? Which is weird that and they then, would wait for the playoffs. But the Seriously. first two, like those first two, that was pretty sketchy. Like if he got God, past God. two yards, it was an inch past two yards. It's so and, frustrating. And also, it was, at least in the first one, I don't actually remember the specifics of the second one, but in the first one, Gino caught it and threw it. Yeah, it so was how do you get that? Play yeah. That, that was both. That was both of the first two. Yeah. Both of the first two were, were that. Like yeah. they were quick man, passes. The rule so is weird. to keep people from blocking downfield. There was no, like, literally no way that that was like, yeah, influencing the play in any way. Right. Yeah. So frustrating. But I mean, it, like, like again, we can complain about it, and it's not the reason they lost. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but it is. No, it was weird. Just, it's just weird, right? <laughs> and that's the thing. That's why I'm bringing. I'm bringing it up. Not even like. Oh, he's so terrible, or yeah. oh, the refing was so terrible. But, but how ridiculous was it to see it called three times in a row? Right, or not in a row, like well, immediate. But like I that was just mind blowing to me. What's interesting about the Seahawks and the way their That's team like, is constructed—they like have the face like a bunch of times in a game or something. You're like, what's right. happening? Like they're watching for it, yeah. especially watching yeah. for it. I think it's interesting. Like the Seahawks have a roster construction that is interesting. Like where their money is spent, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of money tied up in their receivers. Uh, Jamal Adams, who I'm going to be, I, I I brought him up. We were talking, I was talking with my sons about him or about the the team defense for next year. And I was like, well, don't forget Jamal Adams. And my younger son was like, I forgot he existed (laughs) because he never plays. Yeah. So there, I mean, he's he has a lot of money. I think the Quandre Diggs, contract was, was a pretty substantial amount as well. So like, well, thankfully the rest of their secondary is dirt cheap, young, yeah. and actually really good. Well, and Jordan Brooks is is on his rookie deal still. So he, if he comes back around midseason or whatever, he's yeah. a really good player as well. So like, it's just the the spots that they have a lot of their money tied up in agent. is safeties and receivers. And does that make it so they're going to be able to spend big money on a quarterback? And if they do go spend big money on a quarterback, then will they be able to invest in any of the other? I, I feel like it's much more likely Pete Carroll style would be investing money in other areas and then going cheap on the quarterback. Yeah. And so if Gino's going to be one of the top three guys in free agency and he gets like a Ryan, let's say not a top dollar deal, but like a Ryan Tannehill kind of a medium deal. Now, remember, though, there's ways to invest that aren't just free agent money or, or signing money. The, they, have a, they have three top 40 picks in the draft. Yep. They could, you, they could consi- you could consider it a huge investment in, for example, the defense if they spent all three of those picks on the defense. Yeah, right. Or, or, or use them... Or like, as, however, like I just because that, that was the other thing I was thinking of. The conversation of it, it is, and with that capital, do they make a trade to try to bring in a guy? But then if you if you're trading for a guy, he's probably going to want a big deal too, yep. and then you're going to have yep. to pay him. So I mean, it feels like the most likely scenario that Pete Carroll and John Schneider are going to be like, hey, we've got a lot of really good picks. Let's use them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Man, I don't know. I mean. The, the question at quarterback is a big one, but the question of how they're going to reinforce the other areas that they need is a big one as well. Yeah. Like, like I said, my hope is they keep Gino on a short-term deal, mm-hmm. draft a quarterback if they love that person in the second or third round. What if they drafted one with their own first-round pick? I still wouldn't really like it. 
It'd be it would make more sense to me. So late first round. But I want well, it'd be like I want like the eighteenth yeah, pick or something. Their defense was inconsistent enough this year that I want them all on the defense. Like I want those first three picks. Defense, defense, defense. I want a freak show defensive end. I want a linebacker who's not named Cody Barton. And in the <laughs> in the late first round, you can still get one of the best, if not the best, linebacker. Like yeah. middle linebacker, linebacker. T- yeah. like top top middle linebackers don't leave the board in the top few. Yeah, and then shoot either a big honky defensive tackle or go get another linebacker. Like yeah. There's I just want to sh- – their run defense was so bad this year. Is is it Jalen Carter? Part. What's the name of the um, the defensive – the interior defensive lineman from Georgia that's supposed to be like the next Aaron Donald? I know my older son was very upset when the Broncos won their last game because it made the Seahawks go from like the third pick to the fifth pick. And if they had the third pick, they would have had a decent shot at getting that interior defensive lineman. And now at five, they have pretty much no chance. Yeah. Jalen Carter. I think so. Is that is that I, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's massive. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. So it's going to be – and that's the thing. Like, you drop to five and every with those top five picks, unless people just get quarterback crazy, mm-hmm. which can happen. Yeah. Unless they get quarterback crazy, then you're hurting yourself. But also, look at Chicago. Chicago's not drafting a quarterback there. Mm-hmm. And they have the first pick, right? So, okay, there's one of those players off the board that you won't be able to pick. Um, who, the Texans, they're probably going quarterback, though, right? Yeah. They need a That's quarterback. That's the, the popular thought. Yeah, so. Which, actually, I, uh, you know, because they, they <laughs> won the game at the last second to get rid of the first pick. Yep. Uh, but the Bears took that first pick and probably won't pick a quarterback. Exactly, so, so it doesn't. Unless someone the, trades with the Bears to get ahead of the Texans. That, so, so that's some drama that could unfold. The Cardinals have the three pick, and they're not – I assume they're not taking a quarterback. They're going to draft a coach. They might. They might draft Sean Payton. Do, do you trust <laughs> Kyler Murray? <laughs> do you trust Didn't Kyler Murray? Didn't they just give Kyler Murray a giant contract? I guess yeah, you're but right, they huh? just gave they just gave Kingsbury a big contract too. Yeah, but when like you they fire renewed you, his contract at the beginning but of the But you fire year. a coach and you don't have dead cap money. You just have That's to true. you have to buy you him out. Pay, yeah. It's not just about the amount of money you have to pay, it's about how it affects you down the line. Right. That's a good point. Colts um, could be looking for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean like if yeah. you look at who picks before the Seahawks, it's Bears don't need a quarterback. Yep. Houston probably yep. will pick a quarterback. Yep. Cardinals don't I'm gonna say Cardinals are a no. And then the Colts, who are probably a yes. So that means you. it's very possible you could be looking at two quarterbacks and two non-quarterbacks. And the two quarterbacks who everyone seems to feel now, although all this stuff always changes before the actual draft day, yep. it's uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are like one and two. And they seem to be the only two guys that are regarded as like top, top guys. And then yep. there's a whole list of guys um, behind them that could also potentially be first-round quarterbacks. Yep. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting, man. And then, like I said, I want I want to see that defense just jacked up. The defense but, was twenty fifth in the NFL this year in points per game, which isn't good enough. No, no, it's bad. It's I'm bad. That that's it's they were not good. And their young corners 
showed a ton of promise. 23.6 points. Um, just so you know, the Seahawks' own first-round pick is the 20th pick. Okay. okay. That sounds like a perfect spot for your middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to continue to play with the same defensive scheme. That's true. Assuming they stick with a 3-4. Yeah. And you need two middle linebackers, and you want one of them not to suck. That's exactly. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I guess I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to pick a middle line, but no. But a middle linebacker in a in a three four is still going to be athletic enough that they can play a, a outside linebacker like a. It'd be Sam, right? Basically, you're looking for a KJ Wright. Yeah, you're yeah, hoping like, for another KJ Wright. There's yeah. just a difference between a linebacker and an edge rusher, even though yeah. they all tend to get yeah, classified yeah, yeah, but, together. Yeah, like but Bruce Irvin, right, they call a linebacker, but he's he's an edge rusher yeah. in this scheme. Same with Daryl Taylor. Daryl Taylor, yeah, yeah yes. for sure. Yeah, that, that. I was saying that if they went back to yeah to what they did before three outside, then then a middle linebacker in this system would still play well, like you're saying, like a KJ Wright. Yeah, yeah. KJ Wright was also a middle linebacker mm-hmm. in both the old and this system. Yeah. This yeah. New system. Um, I mean, yeah, really, really, just the Seahawks just had a really good draft. Yep. They have another one with a lot of picks and a actually picks. more picks at the top yeah. than they had than they had last year. Yep. So that means they're going to have a ton of opportunities if they can build on last year's draft with another draft, really good draft. I mean, I don't know what what has happened within the last ten years or eight years or so that would really instill the confidence that they're going to be able to stack two drafts together that are really good. Maybe but because it, it feels a lot like when they did that at the start of their dynasty. Yeah, that's why I changed it from ten years to eight years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what everybody's hoping, what, though, right? Yeah. Like, that's the was, hope. What pick was – what number pick was Earl Thomas? Do you know? Oh, like he nine? Was eight? Something like that. He was okay, really high. Okay, so I was, I was, was thinking really that high. that's got to be the last time that they had a – like, that had to be the last top pick that they had. Like, high, high yeah. pick. Well, I was thinking it might be higher than nine. Okung and – that was the thing. Okung and Thomas were in the same year. And they were both and first round. They were both top ten, I think. Yeah. Is this I, the first time since then that they have had two top – two first round picks? Maybe, I think so. That's that's kind of a. Well, they've probably fun had thing to think they've about. probably had uh, no first round picks way more times than they've had two first round picks. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it. He was selected. Oh, just his first round. I feel pick. like it still counts as having a first round pick if you trade it away on the day of. Okay, like you don't have to take it, but that's you fair. at least had it available. He was the fo- oh, I was wrong. He was the fourteenth pick. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, which is so way. Is, we've never seen them pick this high. Uh, well, again, Okung was. Like the fifth pick. Oh, he, oh, okay. So maybe so, we've seen them pick once before and it was Okun. Yeah. Let's see. Russell. I Sorry. I always forget Okung. him because he's a lineman and I'm. Yeah. Well, didn't we? Wasn't Charles Cross? Was he nine or eight? Russell. Which one are you asking about? Cross or Okun? Sorry. Hold on. I've got a list now uh, of every Seahawks. Wait, hold on. I did a bad job at this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cross was, was drafted number six. Cross was ninth. Here, here. I'll just give you all of the okay, Seahawks' cool, recent cool. first-round picks. Perfect. Cross was ninth. 21, they had no pick. 2020, Jordan Brooks was 27th. The year before that, LJ Collier at 29. Yeah. Before that, it was Rashad Penny at 27. The year before that, they had no pick. The year before that, it was Jermaine Effetti at 31. Before that... They had no first-round selections for three years. Wow. 2013, 14, and 15 had none. Percy Harvin was one of those. Um, right. And then was Jimmy Graham another one? Yep. Um, and then 2012, first-round pick was Bruce Irvin at 15. Yeah, that was a good pick, but everybody thought it was nuts. Yep. Just uh, still play. 
played. He yeah. played this year. 2011, yeah. James Carpenter at 25. Oh, that didn't work out. Um, and we're going to get one that really hurts in a minute here. Um, in 2010, Russell Okung at 6, Earl Thomas at 14. In 2009, with the fourth overall selection, Aaron Curry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, he's a coach. Yeah. He's a linebacker's <laughs> coach for them. And there's really not, like... I assume he's a good coach, but that always makes me go, what? why? They yeah, haven't exactly. selected in the top ten very many times. In 2001, they had... This is another time they had and two first-round selections. In 2001, Corin Robinson at nine and Steve Hutchinson at 17. Ooh, Hutchinson's very um, And in out. 2000... Sean Alexander at 19, which is crazy to think that that would have been normal for a running back at that time, and now nobody picks running backs like that. Yep. And then Chris McIntosh, an offensive lineman at 22. Um, in 97... <laughs> we are down the rabbit hole. Three picks in the top six. What? Sean Springs at third overall. He was a stud. Walter Jones at six overall. Yeah, he was a stud. That was a win. That year was a win. Who was the other guy? You, didn't you can't it. just say three top six picks. No, I, did I say three? You said three. I meant two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, that is unprecedented. You didn't have to make it exciting. You, it was already exciting. Impromptu stump Daniel. Daniel, who did the Seahawks pick with the number two overall selection in 1993? Cortez Kennedy. Doo, 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 Rick Meyer. Are you serious? <laughs> Daniel, who did the Seahawks pick <laughs> in 1990 with the third overall selection? Cortez Kennedy. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> okay, last one. Okay. The rubber match. All right. 1983. Third overall selection, Daniel. In the in 83? Yeah. You want me to give you the position? Uh, I feel like since we've gone back to before we were born, I could do that. 83. Justin doesn't even believe that happened. That time frame exists. <laughs> no, just movies. Sports <laughs> happened before, before 85, just not movies. Because the videography sports of sports, movies. was it really bad? Uh, okay, give me the position. I need Running this. back. This is a guy I've heard of. Kurt Warner. That is correct. Boom. You nailed it. Kurt with a C. <laughs> Kurt with a C. All right. Well, you were two out of three in this impromptu stump Daniel brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domish Evans. Obviously, we're going to have to win a Super Bowl with the Cardinals at quarterback. <laughs> With the Rams. Oh, the Rams? <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> with oh, the Cardinals. He lost yeah, with the Cardinals. Was, yeah. yeah. All right. That's Sorry. enough. We'll, we'll have plenty more Seahawks postmortem to talk about next week, and the offseason is going to be absolutely fascinating. But right now, I think we should move on to the Mariners because we got a little bit of news. Baseball. Today is I don't know Sunday. why I was assuming there'd be like a music bed or something. I'm sorry. <laughs> never had a Mariners <laughs> music bed, and yet I was like, said that, and I was like, wait for the music bed, and then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> hold on, hold never on. Happened. Hold on. Hold on. I'm I've giving you a music here. bed. Oh, oh, you don't want mine? <laughs> the Mariners International Free Agent Signings. <laughs> they, really exciting, got Felnin. I'm probably butchering his name. Maybe it's Felnin. <laughs> Felnin? I'm bad at being a music fan. Yeah, it's Sorry. not good. Uh, <laughs> Celestin. He is the number two rated prospect of the international pool. He is a 17-year-old shortstop that everybody thinks, not everybody, lots of people think, could be the best shortstop prospect in a decade. So basically you're looking at Julio the shortstop here. 
and that's super duper exciting. He's only 17, but if he's actually that good, if he's actually Julio good, if he's actually Felix Hernandez good, you know, you normally when you hear once in a decade, that's what you start to think of, right? Is these guys who are studs. If he's that good, he could be up here at age 20. He could be up here in two, three years. Three years, which sounds bonkers to say. Mm-hmm. But Will JP be ready to retire by then? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like I'm like I'm like it seems maybe he's a little older, right? Yeah. Maybe he'll be ready. I'm to, not like, sure he'd be ready to, to be. Maybe reti- he'll be ready to move to second. Yeah, he wouldn't be ready to retire, but it's kind of coming up towards the end of his contract, I think. Okay. So that's super duper exciting. They also had some pretty exciting uh, pitchers signed as well, uh, but they're all like super duper young. So outside of that number two ranked international prospect signing, he's a switch hitting shortstop who apparently is a stud, and Andrew's reading somewhere where he has a very projectable body, which is an extremely (laughs) creepy, creepy thing to say, and yet I'm sure people in the scout community would be like, oh, projectable body, you say. (laughs) Let's measure him and poke him a couple times. It just seems super weird. What does that mean? I'm assuming it means that he's got the body type that looks like he will grow into it and or be taller and fill out and be very athletic. I interpret it it as meaning that he's, he's, we feel really confident that we know how big and athletic he's going to be. Yeah. Basically the opposite of Jesus Montero. (laughs) <laughs> just chucking ice cream sandwiches at people um, so anyway exciting stuff there they also signed AJ Pollock who used to be really really good and now he's like still hits left handed pitching well I would say is the best way to say that he's got a gold glove in the outfield in the past so he's, he's like a, 35 he though. rakes left handed hitting I mean if pitching. you're 35 you might as well just give up <laughs> anyway, uh, Daniel, the the actual right the actual uh, MLB.com prospect grade on him says that uh, he might have the highest ceiling of any international shortstop prospect in a decade. Yes, that list includes Marco Luciano, Wander Franco, and Robert Poisson. So those Which, are the names that they. Who are those guys? I, I recognize Wander Franco. Yeah, <laughs> Franco's the only one I recognize, too, because they're just talking about prospects still, right? Which is annoying yep. because I'm like, why don't you include some names that people actually know about who had this kind of status? <laughs> like Carlos Correa or, you know. That Carlos Correa thing was weird, huh? So weird. Just bizarre. Signed a contract to go to the Giants for big time money. Yep. Then the Giants were like, physical, mm, nope, never mind, we don't want you. Yeah. Signed a slightly less enormous contract to go to the Mets. Yep. Then everybody was saying, like, oh, that was sketchy, Scott Boris, blah, yep. blah, blah. Then the Mets were like, physical, mm, nope, we don't want you. Wow. And then everybody's like, oh, something must actually be wrong here. And he and just signs back with the team that he came from. Yep, with the Twins, who are like, well, we know it. But we're also going to give you way less money in less years. Kind of worked must, out pretty well for the for there the twins. There must be something that he's been playing with that yeah. they know about that other teams are like, oh, I don't like that. Exactly. Is it in a shoulder? Is it a shoulder? I don't know. Oh. I'm just glad that the Mariners didn't get him now. Yeah. I mean, I always am glad that they didn't get Carlos Correa. But yeah, as a general rule. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you feel disappointed by the Mariners, you can be like, well, they didn't get Carlos Correa. Exactly. I want to feel like I have the high ground there, too, and hammer on that, but I had Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve on my fantasy team last year, and they almost helped me to a fantasy championship. But they didn't. Dude, I didn't get to tell you guys about how my whole fantasy football thing exploded. Your fantasy football thing? Wait, are you talking about how you screwed over Josiah by not making a... Did we ever talk about that? We didn't, did we? I don't think we did. <laughs> I have a whole... Hot dang! That's a good story. I have a whole separate story that I told you guys you're, the beginning of. Right, there's two And I didn't tell you the here. end of it. So we are coming to the close. We're not going to talk about any more Mariners. That We're going to wrap that up for now. All we have after this is local sports. So right now, I feel like this is a great spot for random fantasy stories with Kay. Justin. So this Keeper League that we've been doing forever. Yes. We'll start with this one. Okay. Championship match. Yep. Daniel going up against Josiah. Yep. Clash of the Titans, right? <laughs> going into the final game. For this year, I was a Titan, Andrew. Don't give me that look. <laughs> going into the championship game, the final night, the Monday night game, Bills Bengals. Mm -hmm. Josiah has three guys. He's got it locked up. He's basically got it locked yep. up. Even though they, they only that was played... the week where DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett scored me a combined one point. Right. Brutal. So even though the game only lasted like half a quarter, yeah, before the Demar Hamlin thing happened and the game got canceled. Yep. Josiah's guys that he had, which was Boyd and Burris, Joe Burrow, Burrow and, and Evan McPherson. Yep. They all scored like 15 yeah. combined. 16, so it, I think. Yeah, and it was enough to beat you. Yep, by like 10 points. So I woke up on Tuesday morning, opened up the app. Josiah is the champion of the league. Yep. A couple days later, <laughs> the news comes out that game's not going to be rescheduled or yep. replayed. We're wiping it from the books. And then the fantasy, all the different fantasy places were like, all right, if that game never happened, we're wiping all the stats. Yep. Which means the stats that Josiah got got wiped away. Daniel is the champion. <laughs> it's just sketchy. Daniel's me. uncomfortable being the champion. I am. Why don't you describe to me how you feel about it? Because I haven't changed it. <laughs> I feel like it is. I feel like that is unfair. All of the projections had him winning going into that game. I've always thought that if I was winning the projections, I should win the game as well. No, <laughs> but he had three players to my one. And I was only up by, like, three points or something silly yeah. like that. Also, my one player was the kicker. So we each had our kicker. He had his starting quarterback, which in our league, quarterback is the highest, is the highest scorer by far. Mm -hmm. With non-PPR, and we have uh, and a point for every 25 yards and six, six points for passing touchdowns. Exactly, yeah. So it is a quarterback league. So he was going to kill me. The funny part about this is I congratulated him after Sunday's games. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, Josiah, congratulations. You're the champ. Good for you. And he goes, ha, ha, don't congratulate me yet. Anything can happen in football. <laughs> and I was like, you're a goob. You don't even believe that. And then after everything happened, he's like, kind of ironic how I said anything could happen, huh? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it I guess to me like he jinxed himself. <laughs> The big argument for him, well, like, there's no argument. It's a completely unprecedented scenario. Yeah. But basically, he's he would he could just say, well, if I had known Joe Burrow was going to have a bye, I would have put my backup in. If he had put his backup in, he would have won. Yep. So what's that music? Oh, is that a music bed? I think so. Okay. So <laughs> that that happened. Luckily, this is a non-money league. Yeah. So I felt it's like it's all for bragging rights. Yep. Everybody's like, well, there can be no built-in situation. 
no built-in solution for this scenario because it's never happened before. Nobody ever thought it would happen. Yep. So <laughs> I've kind of felt okay, like, eh, it just happened. I'm just going to leave it. Josiah, and so instead yeah. of just letting it be, though, yeah. after oh. you and I talked about it, I texted Josiah a photo <laughs> of three <laughs> trophies, first, second, and third place, with Daniel's name on first, his yeah. name on second, and my name on third. Like, haha, you lost. Yep. How did he respond to that? He texted me back three dots. <laughs> <laughs> no words, just three dots. Okay. So I don't think he thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, he told me that if it was a money league, he would absolutely be arguing, which as would I. Yeah. But since it's not, then he's just kind of like, but I think he's kind of begrudgingly taking it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking of money leagues, <laughs> right? I kind of teased this with you guys. Like I, w- I was telling you last week that I wanted you to help me solve a, a moral <laughs> conundrum. Yeah. Because I was in a situation where I was in a championship that was a two-week-long championship. Right. So my championship was half over, and then the, Dar- the DeMar Hamlin injury happened. Right. So one thing that happened kind of across the nation was this is typical fantasy football um, the championship week. Like, almost all leagues end on the week before because the last week a lot of players sit. Right. So that's normal championship week. So there was a widespread thing across the country where fantasy leagues were going, you know what, a lot of games are going to be affected by this instead of having disputes over how the money should be distributed. Let's like just take Daniel the whole pot. would be doing. Yep. Right. Let's just take the whole pot and we'll donate it to DeMar Hamlin's toy drive charity. Because number one, it's great to help the charity. And number two, it was like, there's going to be money disputes because this wasn't fair. So let's solve it by just giving the money to charity. Right. So this league that I'm in. Sorry. I'm trying to find a good bed for you here. This (laughs) league that I'm in, I was like 40 points up after one week of the championship. So I'm looking at it going, okay, it's football. Anything could happen. But I've got a really good chance of winning. Yep. This is $180 if I win the league. Okay. Solid. And if I lose and I finish in second, I think my prize money was 40 There we go. <laughs> so on that Monday, and I also have a group chat with these guys that I don't pay that much attention to. Right. On that Monday, the guy who's in the third, fourth place game is of like, course. hey, <laughs> guys. <laughs> that guy. What a tool bag. <laughs> hey, guys. How about we just take the whole pot and donate it to DeMar Hamlin's charity? And the other guy who's in the third, fourth place game is like, hey, yeah, let's do it. That's great. Oh, my god! I didn't see that. Happened on Monday. I didn't see that text until, like, Friday. Yeah. So then, like when you I should keep up on your, I did a bad job. I, I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge. I should have, te- I should have checked it. Yeah. I saw it on Friday, and I was like, all right, several days have already passed. I'm probably gonna win. They've probably already decided. Uh, we didn't get buy-in from everybody. We just won't do it. I'm just gonna not say anything. Yeah. So I let it go. Oh, I so end you decided up, to play the. Wait, what? Was that serious? When I should have, I should have just jumped in and said, "Hey, no, I have way more money on the line than you guys do. I don't want to do that." Yeah. Instead, I just let it fester. Oh. <laughs> and then Good word. I win the championship. Yes. So on Tuesday, I was like, "Hey, cool! I won the championship. How do I get my payout?" <laughs> and the guy who finished in fourth place was like. Oh, no, we all agreed we were going to donate that money to DeMar Hamlin's charity. You said we all agreed? Yeah. 
uh, that guy should be punched in the mouth. And then I was like, he's a liar. And then I said, uh, no, I didn't agree. <laughs> I definitely would not have agreed. Yeah. And I, that, this isn't the guy who runs the league. Okay. So I'm like, all right, well, maybe the guy who runs the league actually decided that right. he needed to make sure that everybody agreed. So I eventually end up getting a text back from the guy saying, oh, shoot, I thought we had 100% buy-in, and oh. I already donated the money. You're kidding me. So now I get no money, and I know I get no <laughs> money. <laughs> so I was kind of mad. I was, like, not mad but annoyed because I didn't think he did it on purpose. But it was annoying because yes. it's $180 that should have been fun money. Right. That's like... So yeah. our little league, uh, and I have to expand on this by saying this is a... I'm in a big Tar Heels group chat with like multiple hundreds of people. Right. They decided let's do two fantasy leagues. We're going to have a big money fantasy league and then what we'll call a fun league. That's the one I was in. We each put 20 bucks in. Okay. There's another league where everybody put 50 bucks in. Gotcha. He did the same thing in that league. Are you kidding me? And in addition to not getting everybody's buy-in, I found out after the fact, one guy who ended up winning the league actually said, no, I don't want to do that. And then it turned out that the money was just all donated to the Toy Drive charity. Yeah, so people said... were jumping into my the big chat with the hundreds of people, not yeah. the little fantasy group chats, Saying, dude, this guy's a crook. I want to yeah. see proof that the money actually went to the charity. What yeah. the heck is your problem? Absolutely. You don't mess with people's money, blah, blah, blah. Just a bunch of grown people arguing about money that went to charity. Are you sure it went to charity? Because I'm not. I never saw the proof. I No, this does not. That sounds sketchy you as all You think I should out. ask him for proof? Yes. Would it make you feel better to know that he left all of our group chats after this? Oh my gosh, this guy totally <laughs> stole your money. Like, 100%, right? He. Oh, so I could see how he could react that way if he had just been very. I could see how this could happen innocently. Yeah. By very, very poor decision making. Yeah. Yes. And because, carelessness, for because sure. Because you don't yeah. mess with people's money. And if you're doing something like that, you need to. You should probably have one on one text conversations with each person. Yes. So that. That, so that nobody feels like, well, I have to, like, I had to say this because, you know. Because peer like, pressure. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so I could see how you could not know how to deal with the fact that everybody was mad at you and yeah. just leave. But it looks hella sketchy. It looks really sketchy. It looks pretty sus. It reminds me of a time I played for a rec baseball team, and then the next year when we went to sign up again, the league went, hey, we never got your money from last year. What? Yeah. All of the players paid the person who was supposed to pay the league. The league never got the money. Who was it? I'm not going to say. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't even remember his name. Is it someone I know? Probably, but honestly, I can't remember his name. Oh, like, okay. if I started describing it to you, and like we could try and figure out, like I remember it happening, but let's not do that on the air. Yeah, was it Andrew Gross? Yeah, what a jerk. <laughs> no, so uh, that could happen, but then you'd be like, Andrew, what the heck? And I'd be like, Oh, that check is sitting here yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So when I, I, I initially saying I could forget, but something no, like that, the probably. fact all of that sounds stupid sketchy. Because when I initially was going to bring this to you guys, it was going to be like, and am I the jerk? Because there was, in my opinion, at the time, 
yeah. there was just a, a misunderstanding, like right. a miscommunication, and the guy donated yeah. $180 of what should have been mine to I this charity without my consent, and then am I a jerk for quabble, quibbling, quabbling? Quibbling. Quibbling. Quibbling over money that was donated to charity. I can see in your situation, since your lack of communication was really, like, you did not do a good job communicating. I would argue it's, I did a bad job. Yes. It is <laughs> It is more understandable in your situation. Then finding out about what happened when more money was at stake and when somebody else actually was very good at communicating and said, no, this should yeah. not happen, and then it all happened the same way, you might be weird. Or not weird, because I don't think you should quabble about, or I don't think your money getting donated to something instead of going to you. You just told should... me it was quibble, and then you said I quabble. Said quabble. <laughs> quibble, quabble. Quibble, quabble. Quibble, quabble. I would feel comfortable playing in a, any sort of, I probably wouldn't want to play in a non-money league with that person as a commissioner, just because I'd be like, what, are, are they going to change rules? Because they think they have... 100% buy yeah. on, buy-in, and one person said they thought it was a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, I don't think you're a jerk, even if it was just the original situation for wanting your money. It's your money. You should be able to make the decision about that without the peer pressure of donating to a charity. At least in the original situation, you could be like, well, at least it went to a charity. On the other hand, knowing all we Did know it, now... Yeah. Oh my gosh, the commissioner is terrible and probably just stole all your guys' money. It seems like a lot of relationships to kill. Because, like, this is a guy who actually personally knows some of the people that are in the group chat. So it seems like a lot of relationships to damage for, like, 700 bucks or whatever it was. Like I said, we all knew the person we were playing with. Yeah. And the money never ended up with the city of Aberdeen. Mm. So money's weird, man. Who knows? Maybe he's got medical bills. Maybe he's, you know, maybe he's got some rationalization reason in his head of why he needs the money more than that charity and or the people who won the fantasy leagues. Like how the the Bluth family from Arrested Development held charities for TBD to promote TBD because they <laughs> they actually wanted to do charity uh, dinners, but they never picked a charity. They just right. said to be determined, and then yeah. they just hosted a whole bunch of charities for TBD and kept the money. Yep. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. All right. I think it's time. That's a great story. Wow. I'm glad I'm not the jerk. Yeah, I don't think you're. But the now jerk. I'm about to be a jerk. Commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> At Olipen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third. We put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. Thank you again to our sponsors, OliPen Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Thank you again to our sponsors. Normally you say something there. You didn't. It's okay. I'll look like the weirdo. Sorry. That was my no, fault. Bad job by me. I threw you under the bus. No, it was, uh, that was my fault because I was trying to find 
since we're going into local sports, yep. I was trying to find if there was any wrestling results. Usually, in case people wonder why often wrestling results don't make it into our roundups, it's because they don't. The Daily World, a lot of them happen on Saturday, yep. and the Daily World posts the wrestling recaps often on like late, late, late Sunday night mm-hmm. once we've already recorded. Yeah. The only reason I got some last week was because I was able to message the coaches I knew directly to say, hey, can you tell me about what happened in your meet? Yeah. Um, I did not do that this week because there was a lot of stuff going on, and I don't have wrestling results. So as we talk about who's the athlete of the week, if there could have been a candidate from wrestling, I apologize. But it's not. It's going to be a basketball player. Sorry, wrestlers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just saw some some message to our scrimmage account. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking oh. at some helmets. <laughs> I believe I was that just was responding to that. Something Cavaliers. Oh, uh, there's uh, two a helmets. W Cavaliers. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Can you see the response? I I responded. Yeah. Okay. Definitely a Bearcats helmet. Yeah, I think I want to say that's a Cavaliers. I can't remember. It was like the only other team that we could beat one year. We got to play him, and I got a sack in that game. It was kind of fun. <laughs> that Any- would be fun. It was weird. From anyway, DE? yeah, because nice. they didn't put a receiver or a tight end. Oh. No, they put a receiver only a tight end on my side of the field, and then he stayed in to block. So I just was like, I guess I'll go, and then he didn't <laughs> block me, and so I. Sacked him and he fumbled. <laughs> he saw you coming and was like, eh, the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, just. I've seen that helmet before. Right? I just don't remember. It's a something. I want to say their, their mascot was the Cavaliers. Yeah, that sounds right. And they're. I can't remember. It wasn't Washington. But was that the, Was that team from. Was that one of the teams from Oregon? No. Uh, or the Oregon teams were all pretty good. And I remember that team not being good. Okay. It was something county, I thought. But I can't think of a W county. Anyway. Anywho, maybe it was with Kayakum. I don't know. We um, Are we starting with the game I covered? Yeah, or? let's start okay. with the game you covered. So I went and broadcast the Aberdeen-Black Hills game. Uh, these two teams are on kind of opposite ends of the standings when it comes to the Evergreen 2A Early on this season, um, Black Hills is currently in second place in the Evergreen 2A. They have one loss in the division. Tumwater is undefeated. W of West is behind them with two losses. Then you got Shelton with four, Aberdeen with five, Rochester with six, and Centralia with six. Centralia is winless in, in their league, though. Well, Rochester, this is according to Max Preps, mm-hmm. so it's not 100. Yeah, I can't say it 100% like that's how it is, but seems to be fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aberdeen's third from the bottom. Black Hills is second from the top. The game start off, started off miserably. Um, it took Aberdeen almost five minutes to score their first point, and they ended the first quarter down 21-2. to two. Yikes. So it was really bad. The second quarter, they dominated the first five minutes. It actually, it was funny. It took Black Hills until the 324 mark in the second quarter to score their first bucket of the second quarter. And Aberdeen got it down to just an eight-point lead twice in that second quarter. So it was like massive comeback. Played some great defense. Manny Garcia was playing awesome. Had nine points in the quarter. Jabron Brooks had seven within like a 
two-minute span. They were able to fight their way back, outscored Black Hills 21-15 to 15 in the quarter. Black Hills kind of regained some control in the last couple of minutes of that quarter to go into halftime, and then this third quarter happened, and they just demolished them again, just like the first quarter. So Aberdeen showed some good things, but Black Hills is a good team. They have a really good post player who's about 6'5", athletic, big, strong dude. Uh, his name's Keegan Rognan. He's a good player. And he finished with 18 points and 11 rebounds. Six of those points came in the fourth quarter when I was like, why is this guy playing right now with a 20-plus point lead? So it was a little weird. But, I mean, he was a big, strong dude, made an impact of the game. He didn't play as well on offense when Jabron was covering him. Because a lot of his, he had to kind of, you could tell he was used to bullying people around when he got into the post. And he had to play a little bit more of a finesse game with Jabron in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when John, when Jabron ever took a break, it was like two quick buckets. You know, it was like every time it was like, oh, this guy's not in there? Two quick buckets. Um, Manny Garcia is really good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, is he fun to watch. He is an absolute pleasure to watch play. And really seemed like, for the most part, the only person who felt up to the task. Aberdeen has other good players. Baylor Ainsworth is a really good player. But in this game, he was kind of taken out of his game, I think, by some physical defense. And so he had six points. He played some good defense, but wasn't really to score how I've heard Baylor can score. Um this is a team that I think has shown a lot of promise, and I think there's some good things going on, some improvement going on with this team. And uh, who knows? Maybe they got a chance to I, – I think Shelton's gettable, and I think that the top four teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So if they can have a better second half to their league schedule where they take care of Rochester, Centralia, they upset Shelton, I think they might be able to find their way into the playoffs if it – in fact, you get four teams from from the Evergreen 1A. Sometimes they do five, or from the Evergreen 2A. So fifth, they should be in that fifth spot. They might be able to sneak up to that fourth spot, especially if they continue to play well, and uh, Manny and Baylor, Jabron continue to get better. I've also heard that Kyle Miller's had some better I, games for him, too. I thought so. when Aberdeen played Monty... Um, like some of the, a lot of the rotations were kind of weird and nobody was on the floor for a lot at a time, and but I, feel I like felt that was like probably cause it was an early non-league game. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I had felt during that game, like besides Baylor Ainsworth, Kyle Miller was the second most likely to put the ball in the hoop. And that's what I heard going in. Even yeah. the pregame interview I had with coach Brandon, Brandon Brooks, mm-hmm. um, he mentioned a three headed monster of Manny. Baylor and Kyle, but he listed it in the order of Baylor, Kyle, and Manny. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of expecting a little bit more, but um, for whatever reason, Kyle and Baylor were held a little bit quiet in this game, and Manny kind of took over, and he ended up with 18 points and six rebounds and heck of a performance. And um, it was funny. You could tell that Kyle was getting a little frustrated because he had a few open threes that didn't go in. Mm. And then in the second half, uh, something happened. So there was a foul. Whistle blows. He kind of takes another step, puts up a three, and drills it. And he just looks over at Brandon Brooks, and they both just started laughing. Like, of course, that <laughs> one goes in. You know, so so I could definitely see that Kyle normally probably scores with a much higher propensity, and that game was just one of those days. 
I think the other thing to keep in mind about uh, this particular Aberdeen team, while they do have some upperclassmen, their program as a whole mm-hmm. is insanely young. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say literally half. If you go uh, their varsity JVNC squad, I think like half their players are freshmen. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me because... They have a ton of freshmen. They Their whole C team is freshmen, and it's a large number of kids. Yeah. Like... There's probably 15 kids on the C squad, and they're all freshmen. There's five more freshmen on the JV, and then there's two listed on the varsity. I only saw Isaac Garcia. Um, Aiden Baker is also listed as a freshman on varsity, and I didn't see Aiden there. He's a kid I know from coaching in baseball. Mm -hmm. Knowing him, he's probably, like, in Arizona playing baseball this week or something. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the he's a freakish baseball player, so – that could be why he wasn't there. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, tons and tons of freshmen, um, young program. Yeah, new coach, first year. Yep. So there, there's a lot of building to do. And sometimes when you have a new coach in his first year, you see a lot of progress from beginning of season to end. Yeah, and a lot of their – like Kyle Miller's a senior, mm-hmm. and Trey Anderson, who's an impact player for him, is also a senior – but then when you start to look at it, Jabron's a junior, Baylor's a junior, Manny's a junior, Giovanni Ambrosiani is a junior, um, and he was star- a starter for him. So most of their most of their impact players are underclassmen. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of good things ahead for this Aberdeen school, and maybe if they can pick things up, they might be able to squeak into the playoffs and do something this year too. Where were you at? Well, as much as I don't want to discuss it, uh, I was at Elma on Wednesday for a Montesano-Elma boys game. Um, This game was pretty tight in the first half. Um, It was played, I would say, largely the way Monty wants to play games, which is it was scrappy, physical, defensive, low scoring. Um, I think that it might have been tied at nine at one point in the first quarter. Montesano was only down by two points after the first quarter. The second or the halftime score was 23 to 15. Elma had the lead, but you know, uh, if you follow this Monty boys team, you know, they're scoring in the thirties and forties, most games. So they want to keep that score down low in the third quarter. Something happened and I'm going to assume that uh, Elma's coach, I think it's it's a farrier, is it Matt Farrier? Yeah. Um, he was like, hey, go fast. Because Elma was shot out of a cannon. They ran the floor so much better in the second half than Montesano did. And I got to say, I was pretty impressed with um, Trading Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, darn it. Is it Traden? Uh, yeah, Trade. Traden Carter. Okay, is, I'm sorry. Is a... I'm, is he a junior or a sophomore? When we were talking about year. it last week, I messed up his name. But Traden Carter I'll find it just for Elma scored 20 points and led the way. Um, scored in a variety of ways. He hit some shots from the outside. He finished around the basket. He's also pretty much their lead guard. So he kind of controls the action and he controls the pace of the game. And I felt that in the second half as Elma opened it up and eventually won 63-31 to that the pace of the game is what led to the way Elma exploded in that one. Um, they kind of, they pretty much just came out and, and they forced a lot of turnovers and they got a lot of rebounds off of misses. Every time the ball changed hands in a live ball scenario, all five guys sprinted down the floor. 
And for Monty, it was more like they could get three guys down there when Elma had four or four guys down there when Elma had five. Elma was making quick passes on a fast break, making a lot of layups at the basket. Um, Elma's offense just looked really different in the second half. And they're, they're a good defensive team as well. So um, outside of trade and Carter, there was some good performances scoring from um, Gibson Kane had 12. Um, Kaysen Seberg had 11, um, AJ Holmes had six. They, they were pretty balanced once you get past that leading scorer right. who had 20 in Traden Carter for Montesano. Oh, that's right. So Traden's just a sophomore. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a good player. He's a big sophomore, like, and not tall, but like he is a, he's a built sophomore. I remember seeing him last year as a freshman yeah. and being impressed too. Well, and I, I didn't know, I think not knowing a ton about that Elma team, except for just what I had read in the newspaper, I think I was expecting it to be like like a Case and Seberg show. Mm-hmm. And what it felt like was a much more balanced offensive team than what I was ready for. Right. And that Carter actually looking like their best offensive player. Right. Um, you know, not only, not only handling the ball, you know, making good passes, making good, de- good decisions in transition, and also showing the ability to, to finish and put the ball in the basket. Yeah. Lots of Carters out there, by the way. Because you, yeah. got, got, you got Traden Carter, then you got Carter Studer, yeah, and then they have an assistant coach who I played against named Carter Avery. Oh, just, just Carter's everywhere. Too many Carters, man. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get rid of one. There's Wait. a two Carter limit per team. Sorry. <laughs> um, for Montesano, Tice Peterson led with 11. There wasn't really much scoring to speak of um, besides that, and I think it's probably a game that uh, Montesano would like to put in the rearview mirror. What it does give us, I think, that combined with Eatonville's win over Hoquiam and what was the other one? Tenino beat Elma. Mm-hmm. So we now have a pretty clear pecking order yep. in the Evergreen 1A Boys League, which is Eatonville at 1, Tenino at 2, Elma at 3, Hoquiam at 4, which hasn't won a league game yet, and Montesano at five, which hasn't won a league game yet, but those two teams obviously haven't played each other yet. Yeah. Um, Wednesday, Montesano and Hoquiam play. I believe that's at Hoquiam. Um, it's a bummer that our local teams are not the two best teams. I think the gap between yeah, Tenino and Tenino, yeah. yeah, I'm okay with Eatonville. Um, I think the gap between Tenino, be. who I would say has has made themselves the second best team in the oh, league. Hey, I'll be at that game. The gap between the gap between Tenino and Hoquiam is not that big. So I ha- have felt, although I guess if you think about the fact that Michael Lorton Watkins scored forty two points for yeah. Hoquiam and they still couldn't beat Eatonville, I feel like Eatonville has kind of clearly established themselves as the number one. Um, the Tenino Elma Hoquiam games, those have all been like within striking distance of each other. You know, so, some of them got a little lopsided at the end, but I feel like the gap between Tenino Elma and Hoquiam is really not that big. So it'll be interesting to see as we go into the second half of league play how that shakes out and and how much movement there is. Absolutely. So uh, you're saying the Hoquiam Monty game on Wednesday? Yeah. That's a broadcast for me. You want to you okay. hop on that broadcast? I don't know if I'm going to get to go because what? my daughter has her... Can we do another AITJ real quick here? What, what's an AITJ? Am I the jerk? Oh, yeah. Does my, this need to be a regular bit? My <laughs> right? daughter, well, the answer is, is usually Justin yes. Is the jerk? Yes. Uh, <laughs> my daughter has her holiday concert, which had to be canceled before Christmas. 
Oh. And it happens to be at Was that during the ice storm? No, it was an illness-related thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, So they've rescheduled it, and it happens to be the same night as that game. And my in my mind, I was like, okay, the most logical thing is we have two kids who have two different things. Let's split up. You go. My wife can go to one. I can go to the other. And she was like, okay, but Peyton has like 20 basketball games. Right, right. This concert is once a year. Why don't you come to the concert? Yeah. And I was like, well, can't you just record the concert and I can watch it later? <laughs> I Like, I need help here. Yeah. That's a tough situation. Yeah. Uh, I think... Your wife has a definite point. Well, I know she does. Otherwise, and, it wouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know my sister felt this way because yeah. my dad really didn't miss any of our events. Yeah. But my brother and I had tons of events. Yeah. And my sister had like four performances a year. Yeah. I think it's a little bit different just knowing that Allie has a lot of events too. Like you went to all of her cheerleading things, right? Yes, I did. Thank you. Yeah. So I do it's get not like for that. So give yourself credit for that. It's not like she. I even photographed them. It's not like she's like my sister who literally only had like four events per year. Like you went to a lot of cheerleading stuff. Mm-hmm. I still think you should probably go to her concert. That is not the answer I wanted to hear. <laughs> Actually, like I, I but want to have, go to the concert. Yeah. Like that's of not course the question. You do. It's just that there's also a big game. It's music versus basketball. Yeah. And it's a game that I really want to see. Exactly. And it should be a game. Yeah, it's going to be on NFHS, and I could watch the recording of it later. Ah. That's probably what I'm going to do. What you need to do is you need to have, uh, if we get our streaming figured out on 1490, hopefully we do, you just put an earbud in. Yeah. And you listen to me tell you about the game mm-hmm. while the other ear is listening to the concert. Okay. Yeah. At first, and when if you said any... earbud, I thought you said airbud. Airbud. Like the like the golden retriever yeah. who makes buckets. Oh, it was a mix between AirPod and earbuds. Okay. I think you might have said earbud. You're right. I, I just know. I didn't hear it. I I, anyway, let's get this. Was like, wait, <laughs> Airbud's gonna be there? Yeah. I am skipping this concert. <laughs> let's uh, let's get to some. There's of these. nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> Sorry, that's the most famous quote from that movie. Let's get to some of these athlete of the week. We're gonna name an athlete of the week, and I think that's how we're gonna close out the show today because it's already getting pretty long. Yeah. Sorry. But. We got a few candidates, and again, I am going to say I did not follow or research. We may have noticed we didn't have a local sports roundup today, a full one, because I did not have time to put it together. Um, so there's stuff that might have happened that I don't know about, and if that happened, I apologize. If you ever want to know how you can make sure we know about something, text it to us. Yeah. Message it to us. I had a friend text me and say uh, last week... Man, I'm really glad that you mentioned Chloe Kennedy on the podcast because I feel like she hasn't been getting enough love for Hoquiam Girls Basketball. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, but you didn't bother to text me and nominate her for Athlete of the Week any of those weeks. And then the person was like, actually, yes, I did. <laughs> and I was oh, like, no. oh, shoot, you did that. I forgot. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it was, so it was the, the week. AITJ there, you are the I jerk. I was the jerk. Because yep. I could have just let it go and yep. been like, Oh, yeah, Chloe's awesome. We've mentioned her a couple times, but she hasn't gotten enough recognition. But I didn't do that. I called him out, and I was wrong. Anyway, (laughs) getting to some of these candidates this week, um, we will start with the Bulldog. Yes. Um, McKinley Dalen, who actually was our Athlete of the Week last week, Mm -hmm. had a really good week. Um, Monty beat Elma pretty badly. And it's been... 
kind of just the running theme throughout this year that in the Evergreen 1A Girls Basketball League, money is just way better than everybody yeah. else. They're, they have lost some, some non-league contests. I think they've lost three games now. Yeah. But in league, they're crushing everybody. Um, McKinley scored... Which, since Elma had that one class graduate that had Sack Rider and... Yeah. Oh, gosh. Rambo. There was a few others. Anyway, yeah. ever since that graduated class graduated, Monty's just steamrolled everybody. Uh, McKinley in that rivalry matchup against Elma, which still counts as a rivalry matchup because it's the East County Civil War game. Um, so that's an, that's an escalator. McKinley yep. scored 30 points Is it though? on 13 of 19 shooting. Pretty good. Had four rebounds, four assists, and five steals. That's pretty good. Phenomenal game. And that was a huge win. I don't remember the score, but it was something like 80 to 14 or something yeah. like that. Um, and then against WF West, which actually ended up being a game that Montesano lost by five points, McKinley had 23 points, which led all scorers on both teams, and also had 10 rebounds in that game. So... That's McKinley-Dalen. Two really good games. One win, one loss, which you're going to find out is a theme throughout all of these. <laughs> good games, one win, one loss. Um, we'll move on to our Grizzly in this contest, which is ML Dub, Michael Lorton Watkins. And I'm going to start with the game that they won against Acosta. And in this game, it's a double-double. It's not an overwhelming amount of points, but Michael Lorton Watkins had 10 points and 11 rebounds. Um, I, I'm going to say this, I don't know that this is the case in this game, but ML dub has faced a lot of quirky defenses yeah. to, that are geared towards stopping him yep. this year. And I will assume that in this Acosta game, which they won, as I already mentioned, he probably had like some kind of box in one scenario or something like that. Yeah. It's what usually happens. Yeah. With him. Then the big game. Yeah. And it's actually ended up being a loss to Eatonville, <sighs> which I think... Hoquiam might have had a one-point lead in the fourth quarter at one point. Wow. I think I remember getting that text from Francis. Um, but Michael Lorton Watkins, to go along with his 12 rebounds, scored 42 points for Hoquiam in the 85-76 to loss to the best team in the league, Eatonville. Wow. Scoring 42 points is a big deal. That's huge. It stinks that it happened in a loss. Yeah. Because I feel like if... Hoquiam had won that game. This is a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. It's a ML lock. Dub is the athlete of the week. 42 Absolutely. points and a win. Yep. And uh, we're going to end with Traden Carter from Elma, which I already mentioned in that rivalry game, which is an escalator. You yep. beat Montesano. You led, the, led all scorers with 20 points in that game. He also had three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And in the other game, which Elma lost to Tenino, all three of our candidates have one win, one loss. Um, Traden also tied for the team lead in points with 21, tied with Kaysen Seberg. So you got Traden Carter with a, a 20 point and a 21 point performance, one of those happening in a rivalry matchup against Montesano. So when you hear those three cases, which way you lean in, Daniel? Well, like I, I think Traden Carter had some really nice games. Yeah. I think. That when you take the combined scoring totals of his two games and it doesn't get to ML Dub's one game, mm -hmm. I think ML Dub has the lead there. Okay, process of elimination. Then, so to me, then it's down to McKinley and ML Dub. Yep. 
She had 53 points. Her overall stat line in the Elma game is really incredible. Really good. Uh, That is one point higher than ML Dubs in his two games. Okay. Her stat lines are ridiculous. They always are ridiculous. She's real good. She's really good. I'm more impressed with what she did against WF West Mm -hmm. in the loss. Because that's a really good team in a cross-class game, and they're a class above you. It's, It's a really good team. But she did have the lesser of the games against that, whereas MLW had the better game against the tougher opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, this is a really tough one. In my mind, the tiebreaker, because I think both of their performances pretty much line up with each other, and then the tiebreaker is that McKinley won it last week. Mm. And MLW, I think, deserves it. And I don't think he's won it yet this year even though he's had some pretty good scoring performances. And I think when you drop 42, it's hard not to give it to someone who drops 42 against a team that's the best team in the league. I think the hard part about it is, like, you know, he he probably is the best boys basketball player in our coverage area. Yeah. But he ha- every week we go into it and either, like like we mentioned already, that they haven't won a league game yet. Yep. So, like, we do take wins and losses into consideration, mm-hmm. but also some of the performances were, like, against... They were cross-class games against 2B teams. Yep. And that kind of goes into it as well. And then, like we mentioned, because he's been facing these weird defenses all year, <laughs> he'll have a game Seriously. where he scores 12 points. Yeah. Which is good, And but if you watch the game, you're impressed by those 12 points. Yeah. You know, because of how he's being played and people are just running at him constantly. Yeah. And he's being denied the ball constantly. And you're like, wow, he still had 12 points, 5 steals, 12 rebounds. That's the other thing I like about him. He always grabs boards. Mm -hmm. Well, he can jump out of the gym. I mean, he's only about 5'11", but he's... He he flies. He flies. He plays a foot above everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, that's where I'm leaning. I know everybody's in Monty is going to be like, oh, he's going with the Hoquim guy. I went with the Monty no, people earlier. No, the Monty people are going to be. The Monty people are going to be like, "Why didn't you give it to a wrestler?" <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I already told you why. Yeah, I didn't know what that, happened. Yeah. And there's a lot of wrestling love right now in Monty, which I guess makes sense. There's, there's some good wrestlers there. Yeah. But we also got some good ones in Aberdeen right now too, and Elma. We don't. Is it just because we don't know wrestling? Is that why we lean so heavy on basketball? That's I assume so. We're definitely true. Guys, but yeah. also, like in wrestling, you can win your meet. Yeah. Like there, and I mean there are there is scoring, but like it's harder to tell yep. from looking at a sheet statistically who was really dominant. Yep. Um, so we kind of tend to lean on like, is there anybody who basically hasn't lost all year? Yep. Which is Cole Eckerson, and then there's a kid from Elma. I think it's Xavier Gonzalez. Is that right? Sounds right. Um, who's only <laughs> lost once this year yep. going into last week. Um, Austin Salazar from Elma we know is really good. Yep. Mateo Sanchez from Montesano we know is really good. Um, Aberdeen Girls Wrestling has had some really good performances. Yep. Zoe Vesey, uh, Kaya Roundtree, those are some names I remember. Um, we had gotten a nomination earlier this year from a Hoquiam Girls Wrestler, Mazariegos. Yep. Um, so I, I know that there's good wrestling happening out there. I appreciate it's probably the thing we've gotten the most 
message is about. That's true. Of people saying, hey, this is going on with wrestling. I really appreciate those. We try really hard to work all those into the show yep. so the kids can get the shine. Um, but, you know, for all the reasons I've mentioned, it's been kind of hard to make sure that we get that. For sure. So I think uh, without further ado, we'll just go ahead and name Michael Lorton Watkins our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. There it is. Hard to argue with somebody getting Athlete of the Week for two double-doubles and a 42-point performance. Yep. And he's on the watch list. He yeah. has been all season. I'd say he's the leader on the watch list. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I sent you guys in a message the official watch list earlier. Yes, you did. Um, the only person who I think is closer is probably Carson Freeman. Yeah, she's got to be up there. And it's rough, though, because we haven't seen her play this year. Yeah. Like, have you seen her play yet? I saw La- her play last year. I got to see her play last year as well. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how she's doing her scoring. Because is it at all three levels? We're seeing the scoring totals, yep. but we're not seeing how it's done. And we, we have some very specific criteria. We do have specific criteria, account. but as I mentioned, I asked one of our only – we only have two certified bucket getters, yep. and one of them vouched for her. That's true. So Trey might be the reason why she gets it in the end if we don't get to physically watch it happen. Well, we should probably ask the other certified bucket getter because she was our teammate. Yeah. We should do that. Do you think she'll respond, or is she too big time for us now? Uh, she's pretty big time, she but is. I bet she'd respond. Okay. We should ask her, too. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Even though I messed up her name for most – I always mess up her name. <laughs> well, we did. No, but I think we had the right strategy, though, because you said it one way, I said it the other. One of us was bound to be right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and then we found out how it's actually pronounced, and I was right. All right. Michael Lorton Watkins is our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. That's going to do it for our show today. So – for my co-host, Justin Drops, Dookie's so big, they call him Coach K. Damashevitz. Wow. <laughs> and my co-host, Daniel Count, can't pronounce Kira Hargrove. <laughs> and our trusty producer, Andrew. Yeah, gross. I thought it was more of a, uh. uh the first one was definitely more of a, yeah. No. Maybe. I don't know. Go find it and play it in post. <laughs> just, just, he could just be Andrew. I'm not playing a donkey? <laughs> no, I, no, I just oh, found out. He always calls me. I that. just found out the Minshew's a, a free agent. Oh, <laughs> you just found that out. I mentioned it earlier in the show. No, I'm saying that. Oh, okay. that was <laughs> oh, that's what. Bla- okay. Uh, oh, gotcha. All right, that's gonna do it for our show today. Sorry, no live this week. Hopefully, you find us on all of the different podcasting platforms. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We hope that when you listen to our show, first you're like, hmm, then you're like. Yeah. Then you're like, oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>